0: Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father,
1: prepare to subscribe to the
0: FOMO show. Broadcasting from Brisbane, Australia, this is the FOMO show, cryptocurrency for the rest of us.
1: I'm Matt.
0: And I'm Joe.
1: And this is the podcast where you'll hear about cryptocurrency in plain English. We'll help you say across the crypto world so you don't get the fear of missing
0: out. You can visit us at the FOMO.show. Um, we've got guides in the progress of coming online and we'll also have a glossary. So if anything we talk about doesn't make sense, just uh, pull that up on our website and we'll likely have an explanation.
1: So today we're going to be talking about Altcoins, so what are they? Um, Why shouldn't you just buy Bitcoin? We're also going to touch on Steemit and what it means to the blockchain in our new segment called Decentralise Your Life.
0: And we'll also be taking a brief overview of IOTA, the revolution that no one, uh, especially me, understands. Um, How we'll go through some interesting pieces of news and I think we've got a call coming in.
1: Yeah, we've got a couple of calls. We're going to check in with Jordan Cronier. Um, he touched base with us earlier and just let us know that he's contactable. So Excellent, excellent. Maybe he's still in prison, I'm not sure. Um, and Dan, Dan the ICO man, also has a new opportunity for us. So, so we've got a hot tip
0: to watch out for there. Cool, let's get into it. So if you've never bought cryptocurrency before, um, you can check out our fresh guide at FOMO.show forward slash 101. It's got everything you need to know to get started with buying cryptocurrency, how to buy it, how to store it, how to send it, um, and links for everywhere that you need to go. So we'll be um, showing you how to do that. So if you check out FOMO.show slash 101, that's your easiest way to get into the cryptocurrency market.
1: The methods we've got in there to purchase crypto are actually ways to support the podcast as well. So, we normally try and make it so that you get something and we get something as well. Um, So, yeah, check it out. If you've got any questions, drop us a tweet or email us at FOMOshow at ProtonMail.com.
0: So, on the FOMO show, we only recommend products that we genuinely use ourselves. Mm. Now... We have an affiliate link to sign up to um, Coinbase, where if you buy more than 100 US dollars worth of cryptocurrency, um, you and we will get uh, 10 US dollars in cryptocurrency for free. Mm. So it's a great way of supporting the podcast. But um, yeah, so you can sign up to Coinbase at at FOMO.show slash Coinbase and that will take you there.
1: Yep, and if you've got any more questions, just look at the guide. We really want it to be the place where you can go yourself if you're new, but also just send your friends to.
0: So in this week's news, um, a story coming out of 12 News in Phoenix, Arizona, Bill Gates is building a smart city in Arizona. It's called Belmont and it's 45 minutes west of downtown Phoenix. Not that I know where that is. Um, And one of Bill Gates' investment firms spent 80 million US dollars buying close to 25,000 acres of land. Here's where it gets interesting. So, um, according to the uh, news release, Belmont will create a forward thinking community with a communication and infrastructure spine that embraces cutting edge technology designed around high speed digital networks data centers, new manufacturing technologies and distribution models, autonomous vehicles and autonomous logistics hubs, which is super exciting.
1: So it's essentially just going to be an automatic city, pretty much. Yeah. They're going to just automate as much as they can and build it with that intention from the ground up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Because I saw another article recently too about the the Fords, they're putting exoskeletons in their yeah, employees you yeah, know, so yeah, that yeah. they can have like 60-year-old, people that should be, like, nearing retiring age and mainly doing, you know, jobs that don't yeah. require a lot of strenuous exercise. Mm-hmm. And they're literally putting a frame around them um, to augment their muscles and mm. their, their movements so that they can do the work of, like, a 25-year-old. Mm.
0: Um, Without straining so I, your back.
1: Yeah. So, it's it's interesting seeing... Um, bill gates talk about this because there's there's Mm. a whole bunch of different companies out there that seem to be starting to think along these lines i'm really interested to see like the the blueprints and the specs i mean have they got any any of that stuff out yet
0: um not that i've seen but what really excites me is this whole autonomous logistics hubs idea so now Mm. if you've been paying attention to the news in the last few years you will have seen amazon drones they've been talking about those uh, Uber more recently got in a partnership with NASA to um, develop some kind of a flying taxi which will hopefully not crash while you 're below it um, and you 've got you know even Google had been working on their um, their drone autonomous drones in Australia I think they 've been mm. working on those mm. but all of this needs somewhere a testing ground you know and it 's instead of taking an existing city and trying to fix it up with yep. autonomous infrastructure starting from scratch seems so much easier. It's really interesting to see what might happen there.
1: And that's essentially going to be, a, I guess, a free market-esque kind of city too, isn't Mm. it? Like it's not not going to be centrally planned in the same way that a lot of our other cities are. Mm. It'd be more like a blueprint from a company Mm. saying this is what we're going to do. I wonder how much this is going to be blockchain-related too because you would think with Mm. the focus on automation and doing different things automatically... Mm they would be integrating as much blockchain technology as yeah. they could. And I think Microsoft are at the forefront of a lot of that. You know, mm-hmm. they, they really are pouring a lot of money into this, this mm. blockchain innovation. So
0: so it seems that they're just going to use it as a testing hub for a bunch of different things. And I think Amazon are in the nearby area somewhere. So it would be interesting to see if they sort of jump on board as well. It seems like we're going to be seeing a city where all kinds of new exciting things are happening and it's going to be one to watch. So that's Belmont in Arizona. Cool. Ah, oh, slightly less interesting point. So there's a freeway that's being built between somewhere and Las Vegas. Yeah. And this sits right on the middle of that. So it's actually going to end up being connected from another big city, maybe Phoenix. Um wow, okay. Between there and Vegas. So Wasn't it's going to be where they were of, testing a lot of those autonomous cars too. Oh, I can't actually remember. I, if I think it may have been. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, wow. so so either way, like you, you're probably going to see with all the tech conferences and expos that happen mm-hmm. in Vegas, mm-hmm. we may even just have, you know, Mes- like when they have all those, you know, uh, CES or not CES, is it CES? The tech, the, yeah, yeah, tech, one of them the CES. tech shows. Yeah. So we might see Mercedes future concept self-driving cars being demoed in this new looking city. Yeah. And that will be sort of this whole fantastic place where they're sort of, Testing it out. It's an exciting time.
1: If they don't regulate it to hell. We can trust the government not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Matt, you saw uh, some pretty interesting stats recently, didn't you?
0: Yeah. So, there was this survey that was done by Lend Edu. um, And it was back in mid-September where they they only surveyed 1,000 Americans. So, the statistical significance is kind of almost there, but not fully. Um, Just to find out how many people have actually heard of cryptocurrencies. So it turns out 78.6% of Americans had heard of Bitcoin and, yeah, 85.4% have never owned it. But 17.2% of people, almost 20%, plan Hmm. on investing in it as an asset for the future. Wow. Which is really interesting. But you've also got 54.6% who have no intentions to own Bitcoin, even in the future. Is that because it's got a bad reputation? I
1: think there's still, like, just from my conversations with a fair amount of people, especially, like older people mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who've been investing in more traditional investments mm-hmm. um, or just listen to mainstream media or whatever, right. um, there's still a stigma around it that it's like the dark web. Mm. Like this is what criminals use to mm. sell their illicit drugs and traffic children and all those horrible mm-hmm. things. You know? um, a lot of which was blown way out of proportion anyway. Mm. Um, you know, Like you look at the Silk Road and yeah, there were some illicit Uses, mm-hmm. but there are also some very useful uses. Mm. Um, but I think there's just that stigma around this like, this is untrackable, it's untraceable, therefore it's, it's untrustworthy because, I don't know, people, people don't buy like drugs freedom. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is that stigma out there. Like, And I have you people say, freedoms. but isn't it all just the dark web? Like, mm. isn't it all just mm. criminal? And uh, it's really interesting that that's still so
0: prevalent so who were the most receptive to investing in Bitcoin then? So it turned out it wasn't actually the 18 to 25 year olds. I think it was the 25 to 34 year olds mm-hmm. who who were really stu- stood out as the people who'd actually, you know, knew about it and um, were receptive to investing in it.
1: Uh, that makes sense too though because I mean I remember looking at Bitcoin when I was like 19 mm. or 20, you know, just when it all started mm. and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then I went on to to do something else meaningless, um, because you're not really in, interested in. That investing. was your biggest regret in oh history. <laughs> oh, <seriously. laughs> I said that'd be cool, I mean, didn't think of it again for years.
0: So <laughs> what yeah, um, we'll we'll link to the original research, so you can just have a look at all the all the stats they found. Really interesting stuff. So mate,
1: there's um there's been some interesting stuff coming out of Amazon recently. Is that they're, they're coming up to Christmas. Um, unfortunately, we, we don't have the the joy of having full access to Amazon here in Australia, but we're all waiting with bated breath for them to finally...
0: If you live in a country where you can order Amazon products to your door from within your country, you just thank your lucky stars we and go you. and buy stuff just now just because <laughs> <laughs> I miss the, I miss Amazon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, because he had it in the UK, didn't Yeah, he? Oh, I used mate. to do...
0: Everything happened. If you, it was your birthday, I'm getting oh. you something off Amazon. Everything Amazon. So yeah, this week's news was that um, uh, three domains registered by um, Amazon Technologies Incorporated, which is a subsidiary of Amazon.com, and they bought Amazon Ethereum.com, Amazon Cryptocurrency.com, and Amazon Cryptocurrencies.com. Now. We don't actually know if they're actually going to do anything with it yeah. or they're just protecting their brand name, which is very likely. But, you know, it could be possible. So weren't you saying that Amazon had a coin of their own? Yeah. So Amazon have Amazon
1: Coin, right, which you yeah. can uh, use to buy apps, uh, games, like as uh, currency in their games, right, I think. Right, right, right. And then they've also obviously got the Amazon gift cards right. and their, yep, their yep. rebates and everything mm. else they give you, which is essentially just a credit in your account. So mm. It's a digital value. But it's not a big stretch because everything's already online there, to see them expanding that out and saying, well, we've got this digital currency that you can use on our entire platform, especially with the rise of cryptocurrencies. I think Mm. you know they're probably watching this. I mean, Jeff Bezos, he's he's innovating wherever he can. Mm. So I I don't think it's a big stretch to see them saying, well, we're just going to have our own currency. And you think about it, I mean, Amazon have that much market dominance now it would likely be quite a strong and stable currency because it'd be backed by the company mm. itself. Because it's
0: there in a near monopoly status on that's right. online shopping, so yeah. it'd be a good move for them. The next uh, next next item is uh, Bitcoin has been ranked as the 32nd largest currency by physical money supply. So this is from an article that came out of Cointelegraph last week. And it was basically Jameson Lop, uh, the lead developer at BitGirl, basically calculated that Bitcoin would rank 32nd globally for its value in circulation. So he created a clone of a, um, one of these global indexes, which looks at the amount of money supply in each country and all that, and basically ran the calculations... Um, Which suggested, yeah, Bitcoin is number 32, so um, considering the recent growth in the last week, Mm. it may have even moved up to position 31, which would take it above Finland. Wow. Which is kind of exciting.
1: It is. It means it's getting some real traction, and I mean, Mm. it's only so long that people can not take it seriously before they've got to start saying, well, okay this is quite a major player mm. on the stage. And, I mean, 32nd in the world, you know, that's bigger than the majority of countries mm. and their currency that's in circulation. I do wonder about how they've defined currency in circulation though because obviously a lot of what goes on in direct debiting from banks, yeah. and trans- automatic transfers to, mm. to different accounts and, and everything like that in you know, automatic payments, I mean, that could all be counted as circulation. And so I just, mm. I, I do query that a little bit but, mate, I mean, it, it, it means that there's a uh, they're getting a lot of use.
0: So yeah, and it's also interesting to see where all the money moves from and to. I mean, um, there's a, well, you can see um the amount of people who are purchasing Bitcoin and which currencies they're buying Bitcoin with. Mm. And Japan is right; it's it's massive. Like, I mean, yeah,
1: because they've they've legitimised it. There haven't they? The mm, government mm. the government said. No, we're, we're fully on board with this. Go nuts. And they're really starting to embrace
0: it. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. And considering that you've got negative interest rates in your bank. Mm. Um, it's more and more attractive.
1: I mean, the Japanese know what they're doing, mate.
0: They're 10 years ahead of the rest. You, yeah. you, you go to Japan, you see technology that I've never been to Japan, but you see technology that's like way ahead of the rest of the world yeah. there. And, you know, they're, they're they where we're going to be right. in 10 years. Yeah. So if they're into Bitcoin now, watch that space. That's right.
1: Matt, you were um you saw a post on Reddit recently that caught your eye, didn't you?
0: Yeah, so I was having a really productive internet session where I was just going on Reddit basically. Um and in the cryptocurrency subreddit, um there was a really interesting post um by a chap called The Grinder lovely name shout Um, out to the grinder (laughs) so they um, the grinder wrote every time I try and unsubscribe myself from this subreddit it just sucks me back in the whole crypto world just seems like a bunch of clowns driving cars with no lane definitions The cars are on fire and everyone is panicking. Good coins are crashing. Ethereum Classic is up huge. Bitcoin Cash is up huge. So much drama for such stupid arguments. Literally, coins are being forked and created for essentially minor tweaks in the code, yet billions of dollars are flying around. (laughs) And then he says, what a friggin' dumpster fire we've become. At least Monero is up. You know, at least I can hang on to that small sliver that makes sense. I hope we don't have to deal with this nonsense throughout 2018. Then he says, we need trading pairs with US dollar, not Bitcoin, not Tether. We need to do this so that each coin can do its own thing and not have to suffer all the drama and manipulation.
1: Mm. And that's a, that's a really interesting point. We were talking about it before the show. Um, mm. That everything we do is denominated in Bitcoin. And what that does, apart from the fact that it's it's massively affected by the, the huge swings in Bitcoin, mm. is that it lends Bitcoin legitimacy. So, it, mm. it essentially says, because you were the first real cryptocurrency, mm. we are going to do everything based on what you do mm. and how much you're quote-unquote worth. And obviously, the worth of Bitcoin is then tethered to the – to the US dollar you know mm-hmm. it's it's measured against the US dollar yeah. um so that's how you you work out its worth and then it's like this whole bitcoin is like the gateway which it which makes sense to a certain extent to the whole rest of the space mm-hmm. but uh, while we stick to that we 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 lend that legitimacy and we were joking around beforehand that you know if we did the same thing with our money now we'd be picking like some Currency that's been dead for for hundreds of years, just because it was the first. Like yeah. now, we we would make all of our trading pairs in currency against the Roman denarii yes. or something. You know, so I mean, how like, many
0: Zimbabwean dollars in a Roman <laughs> yeah, denarii? You just right. you didn't you wouldn't do that. No, you,
1: you don't. <laughs> and like the reason the Roman denarii died out, apart from the fact the empire died out, was because it it got subsumed by better systems. Mm. You know, um, and that's what happened. And we're seeing this now with you know, the, the Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash argument because people are saying, well, Bitcoin, yeah, it's it's got this original code, but like you've got Bitcoin cash over here, which has a bigger block size and less transaction fees. I mean, it's more attractive in a lot of ways. Mm. But while everything is still tethered to Bitcoin, mm. it's kind of like this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like this mm. cycle. You know, and It's, mm. it's going to be really hard to break it. But... There are other issues with tethering to the U.S. dollar as well. The the issue with tethering to the U.S. dollar is that you're essentially still then tying yourself to the fiat money system. Mm, And I mean, we've seen mm. all that we've read all the all the media around this recently, or in the alt media anyway, that the U.S. dollar is not in really good shape either. Mm. And you know, there could come a time when that destabilizes quite significantly Mm. as well. And if we tether everything to that, then we may be affected by its fluctuations mm. too. But at the same time, it's a lot more stable than Bitcoin, isn't
0: mm. it? So I guess in some senses, you can see why they would use, you know, Bitcoin as the default trading pair because then everything is within the crypto mm. sort of bubble. Well, it's all in its own little world. Yeah. And it, but- it
1: fits with the, the whole narrative of, you know, eventually not being reliant on fiat at all. Mm. Um, but the problem is, is that you're not allowing these cryptos to stand on their own. Yeah. A lot of the time, they are, in our opinion, anyway, better currencies than Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, they're more complete. They have more features. They've got easier development. If something needs fixing, yeah, it can just be fixed. Like, what he's saying about hard forks is true, you know? Like, you've got these these big coins that are getting forked. Because people can't agree on minor tweaks mm. and it's causing huge destabilizations in the market and adding and subtracting value. I mean, you've got to take a step back from it and go, yeah, this is all a bit silly. Like, how, how can anyone watch this and take it seriously?
0: Because mm. you know? if you're a totally neutral observer, you've just stepped in and you've seen, okay, so there's Bitcoin. And then what? Four or five weeks ago, someone just made, took Bitcoin, made a direct copy of it and said everyone who's on Bitcoin now has one of these Bitcoin cash um, tokens. Mm. So for every Bitcoin you have, you have a Bitcoin cash token. And then all of a sudden this token is shooting up in value. And now it's, at you know, beyond a thousand five hundred US dollars. Mm. And you've just seen all of this money come out of nowhere. Yeah. And to a new person into this, you're like, this is crazy. Yeah, people I are should not be allowed.
1: billions and billions and billions of dollars in this. Ridiculous. You know? um, it's very
0: exciting, though.
1: It is exciting. And obviously, once you get into it, you understand why. People are investing in the technology, although a lot of people are speculating as well. Mm. Um, but there's a reason why there's a lot of money coming into the space, and it's because people see the potential. Mm. Um, mm. It's just unfortunate that... that that potential is tempered by the fact that there are still so many issues and Mm. we're still figuring all this out.
0: Baby steps, baby steps. Cool. So this week came across a really cool stock screener, really cool tool, and it's called BitScreener. It lets you filter cryptocurrencies by a number of really useful metrics. I say useful metrics. It's nothing new, but the options that you have in the drop downs can help you to find some really interesting cryptocurrencies out there. So if you go to bitscreener.com, and then just go to the coin screener, which you can see in their navigation. There are a bunch of drop downs where you can basically add together all these filters to search for exactly the type of cryptocurrency you're looking for. So you can say, "Oh, I want something that's got less than fifty million dollars in market cap," so it's still quite small. You know, you can say, "Oh, I want a certain amount of volume any, every twenty four hours." So I want, you know, at least hundred thousand dollars in. Um, in volume in the last 24 hours. You can select, oh, I want something that's been around for at least two years. Uh, I want something that's, um, you know, made at least oh, 5% in the last in the last month. Mm. So there are a bunch of different drop-down options here and you selecting that, it will cut down the list of cryptocurrencies and make a really nice usable list for you. Um, and you can see the charts, you can see all the basic stats, but it's really cool websites worth checking out.
1: Yeah, it looks great. We were... Running through it here before the show, and um, I was—I hadn't really seen it at all. Joe had Joe had found it, and we um, just hadn't had the chance to look through it. And it—it it looks really good, and there are so many options that you can really like dig down and mm. say, "This is exactly the type of thing I want to find." And there's this really nice results page um, that comes up where it shows you. It can either show you like a you know a, a quick summary of everything, a list of all the. It, yeah, or you can pull up like the most notable ones from your search and you can see a whole bunch more about them. So, you can see the chart uh, over time. You can see all their market cap details, the circulating supply, the change in price from one hours all the way through to six months. And then it actually has a summary down the bottom. So, you mm-hmm. can actually see what the summary of the coin is and work out whether it's something you would actually be interested in Mm. or whether it's just a a
0: scam coin or something. Mm. So if you're looking to get into a bunch of different cryptocurrencies, but you're just not sure which ones, really worth taking a look at screener.com and just messing around with the filters, see what you can find.
1: So we've had sporadic contact with Jordan. Previously, when we had contact with Jordan, he'd was in a Venezuelan jail. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he'd actually contracted some Somalians who he, who he got to build Zimbabwe coin for Mugabe, which is mm. a previous cryptocurrency he was involved in. Mm. And then he traveled to Venezuela because he somehow thought that the Venezuelans might be interested in a currency as well. Uh, but then the Somalian contractors demanded more money and said they weren't going to deliver the project until they got it in Bitcoin. So he decided to make his own WAVES token. Unfortunately, the WAVES token didn't really take off. It wasn't really a hit, and he was in jail. So we've gotten contact from him again. It doesn't sound like he was in jail. It didn't sound like he was in jail when we talked to him last time, but I guess we'll find out what's been going on. Jordan, do we have you?
0: Uh, yes, yes, Matt. Uh, don't know how long I'm going to be able to talk, but uh, it seems like the satellites have aligned and we've, yeah, we've got each other. Yes.
1: Right. Okay. So, so where are you now, Jordan? I mean, last time we talked, it was all pretty cryptic.
0: Well, well, Matt, you wouldn't believe it, but I, I actually escaped from jail.
1: You've escaped.
0: Uh, yes, yes, mate, but uh, boy, you should have seen it. It was it was like the action movies with you know, uh, young Claude Van Damme. Uh, I was incredible. Dodging guards, leaping through buildings, running through the holes the Somalians had
1: left, and. Uh. What, wait, wait, the Somalians?
0: Uh, yes, mate, the Somalians attacked the jail in Venezuela and uh, broke me out.
1: Right, so you didn't escape. A group of Somalians attacked the jail and broke you out. Uh, yes, mate, that is uh, correct, yes. Okay, why would a group of Somalians be attacking a jail to set you free, Jordan?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, well, Matt, it, it wasn't exactly to
1: set me free. What do you mean?
0: Well, it seems that by making the Venezuelans a currency, I inadvertently stepped across the uh, the Somalians' bigger scheme to get even more money from the Venezuelan government. While I thought they were being silent, they were hard at work developing a coin as requested, funnily enough. And when they came back to the Venezuelans saying they'd finished but just wanted a little extra, well, they found out I'd already done what they were going to
1: do. Right. So you've taken all of their money and opportunity from them. Is that correct? Well,
0: not to put too fine a point on it, but that would be that would be correct. Um, it seems that they are furious. Actually, um, they uh, they sailed all the way over here to come and get me into their own custody.
1: Right. Okay. So, what do they want now, Jordan?
0: Well, it's funny you should say that. It seems they actually want me to pay them back all the potential money they lost uh, in
1: Bitcoin. How are you going to do that, Jordan? Well, I'm actually sorry
0: to ask this, Matt, but they've asked me to call you for the money.
1: What, they they want us to pay a ransom? Uh, yes, Matt, that's my understanding anyway. They are a little
0: agitated whenever they talk to me. I mean, the AK-47s are just, you don't want to talk too much when there's a <laughs> oh, Okay.
1: Okay, well, how much do they want, Jordan?
0: Oh, they say that they want uh, 10,000 Bitcoin, Matt.
1: 10,000 Bitcoin? Jordan, we can't pay 10,000 Bitcoin.
0: But what about the FOMO vault, Matt? I know you've got a bunch of Bitcoin stored in that underground facility.
1: Uh, FOMO vault? I, I don't really know what you're talking about there, Jordan. Look, w- look, what about Mugabe? I'm sure with all the help you've given him, he'd be willing to bail you out, wouldn't he? Well, well
0: Matt, he might, but he's, he's been unavailable. Something about further difficulties with, uh, with inheritance money.
1: Okay, well, what about your Zimbabwe coin stock? They'll be worth a lot more one day, Jordan. I mean, surely you could offer them that. Oh,
0: I hadn't actually thought of that, Matt. You know, I could give them my private key. Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Yes, Jordan. I mean, you've given it to pretty much everyone else. Look, they developed the Zimbabwe coin, so surely they're going to see value in it.
0: Right, I'll just, I'll just, go, I'll just go ask them. Just just one second. Fellas, yes, yes, yes I, I can give you my, my Zimbabwe coin, huh? What? What's, what's so funny? I, I have a lot of it. I, oh, oh. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll sort something else out. Just, just don't hurt me. I'm. Matt, I need those bitcoins in the FOMO vault. Uh,
1: sorry, Jordan, you're breaking up. The satellites must be realigning. I, I will definitely call you back.
0: I, I genuinely sort of I'm a bit worried about Jordan to be honest with you because he's he's been going downhill for a few weeks. I mean, first off, I mean he was in South Africa that was fine with mm, us, yeah. yeah. Doing his reporting from there, yeah. He was no, he was in China before that. He was in China, then he goes yeah. to South Africa on holiday, then he ends up in Zimbabwe, yeah, and then he gets involved in some nonsense with some. Dictator, trying. Well, I mean, freedom fighter, um, who's trying to liberate. Patriot. Yeah, um, Yeah. and and then he's trying to make you know make something new for Zimbabwe and help their economy flourish. Yeah, and then he goes off to you know Venezuela and he tries to turn around that country. He just can't cut a break, can he?
1: No, he can't. And like we. We pay this guy. You know, like, he's on our He's on, our he stuff. Likes, he's like, a, he's on the like And payment. whenever we want him to go somewhere new, he's like, oh, well, sorry, Matt, I'm I'm here in this other country. I'm I can...
0: sorry, I'm stuck on a boat in the yeah, middle of, like, like, the Somali coastline. Oh, and right? by the
1: way, I haven't saved my Bitcoin that you've been paying me, so can you pay me 10000 more to get
0: me out of this problem that I created? This guy takes liberties. He does. It's nonsense. You need to, we need to, like, we need to have a word with him and just be like, look, Jordan... Push has come to shove. Yeah. Yep. If you won't go yep.
1: to Saudi Arabia yes. and report on the situation there within a week, yep. we're going to have to consider docking your
0: pay. Right. He's off to Jeddah. Yep. Does that mean we have to pay his... Do we, do we have to actually pay his ransom in order to send him there?
1: I think we just wait and see what happens. so mate we've um, we're starting a new section on the podcast It's called Decentralize Your Life." so each episode we're going to be looking at a project that's taking a centralized concept and making it decentralized
0: so when we say decentralized we mean something that's not just controlled by one company or where all the power is in one location it's actually sort of spread out a little further. How does it typically look?:
1: Yeah, so typically a decentralized uh, application is on a blockchain. Mm-hmm. It's free from censorship. Good. It gives governance to the users. Fantastic. It's not subject to any individual laws, and End it's peer to peer. Yeah. So today we're going to be looking at Steemit. Uh, Steemit is essentially the medium of the blockchain. Um, so
0: if anyone doesn't know about medium, it's a uh, almost like an online blogging platform. You can write articles. People can upvote comment. Um, you can follow people who write things on Medium. It's a really nice writing interface.
1: Mm. And generally, they've got pretty good content. And when you start mm. using it too, they're pretty good at like matching you up with the hmm. the content that you need. Um, so Steemit, on Steemit, each post like comment or activity is actually a transaction on the blockchain. So when you sign up for Steemit, you'll get your username, which is actually your public key. And you'll set your password, which is actually your private key. Um, and you also get assigned a certain amount of Steam
0: dollars for signing up. I think the normal amount's 50 Steam dollars. So, what really makes Steam different to a lot of other things out there? is um, not only the fact that it's on a blockchain, it's actually that you can get paid for um, your contributions. So mm. if you write an article, uh, if you write a comment, and people decide to um, upvote and tip your, your posts, you can actually get paid mm. for your contributions.
1: Yeah. So Steemit actually handles more, many more transactions than Bitcoin or Ethereum combined per second because of the structure of the blockchain.
0: So it's it's... Very impressive in the fact that it's one of the most um, most active blockchains, is it? Mm. By a number of I quote-unquote transactions.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually by an order of magnitude too. Like the, the most transactions on any blockchain Yikes. anywhere.
0: And it's the first sort of blockchain-based sort of social network system, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I think there is some desire there to branch out. They might actually make themselves more like a social media platform. I mean, there are elements there that are very social Mm media-like. For example, your dollars that you tip is kind of like upvotes. Mm -hmm. So, you can go to like a trending section and see like the most upvoted articles Mm. in that section, Um, which makes it a bit more like Reddit in some Mm. ways. Um, uh, But- yeah, it's, 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 it's built by the BitShares and EOS creator, Dan Larimer, and we've we've talked about him before.
0: What is really exciting about Steemit, in case the spelling sounds really weird, it's um, S-T-E-E-M-I-T, Steemit. And what's really interesting is you can go onto the Steemit front page and you can actually see how much people are getting paid for the articles that they've written and other people have upvoted. Mm. And it's really, really interesting. Hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, so some people actually solely make their income now on Steam it. So you'll see uh, quite a fair bit of travel blogs, um, technical posts. Some people serialize their content, so they, they make their content quite regular. Um, and there are people that actually do nothing else but develop posts for Steam it now. Um, and that's how they make their income. There's also, it's really interesting, they're taking the technology now and they're, they're, they're taking it even further. There's what's Mm -hmm. called DTube, which we'll cover in another episode, which is essentially a video platform that does a similar thing. So instead of being a a platform for blog posts, Mm -hmm. it's a platform for media like YouTube. So, mate, what are some of the pros for people using Steemit over say medium
0: so firstly apart of, uh, apart from the monetary gain that you can make from posting to um, to steam it um, it's censorship free um, the governance is by the users and it's not by you know the controllers with the users of the platform um they're not watching you they're not watching what you do they're not tracking your behavior like platforms such as facebook where they see every like and every you know they're not they're not following you in that creepy sort of way there are no ads which is great mm. And it's decentralized, which is what this section is all about. That's right. But there are some downsides there. What are the downsides you've come across?
1: Yeah, look, so it's not as feature-rich. Um, Medium and Facebook and everything else, obviously, it's developed by a company for profit, and they use that money to expand their features and try and keep their market share. So it's not as feature-rich. But in saying that, it is open source, and yeah. there, there are a fair few things on there that are, are quite different. To what mm, you'd find mm, on mm. a lot of the other platforms, I think it's a lot easier to be found simply because it works purely on what users are wanting to read, mm. as opposed to who's being promoted at the moment on mm. the platform.
0: But I guess, like you've got the good and the bad with the bad with Steam. It because you know it can be a bit of a cesspool. Yeah. As uh, as you've said before, you know you can see a lot of bad articles out yeah. there that are just not worth the time of day.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like reading 4chan or like the third page <laughs> of Reddit like in a, in a random subreddit sometime. Like, mm. there is a lot of stuff that mm. it just becomes background noise on there. Mm. Um, and, you know, you you have to really put some effort in to find the good stuff sometimes. Mm. And there's a couple of tongue-in-cheek cons too. I mean, you don't have Zuckerberg telling you what to think. You don't have the suggested news. And freedom is also really scary, man. I mean, making your own choices and not having other people telling you what to think. That's scary.
0: To be fair, on the sidebar of Facebook where they have those trending topics, remember it used to be Facebook where the people that would basically choose what the trending topics Mm. were. They'd Mm. pull that out of their algorithms and then they'd write the headlines of what's going on in the world. Yeah. And you don't have that with Steemit. That's right. Which is quite nice. Which is good. So if you fancy making money from writing articles or comments online – Go on to sign up, check it out, see what's there. And, uh
1: and decentralize your life.
0: Yeah. We'll be uploading the uh, FOMO show. Will we be uploading the FOMO Yeah, show Yeah, too?
1: we'll upload the FOMO show too. So we we really want to try and practice what we preach and decentralize our lives more too. So we'll make a FOMO show account. We'll start uploading the episodes there with the show notes. Nice. Um, so we'll put those links up when we get to that. But no, go check it out. So for our cryptocurrency of the week this week, uh, we're going to talk about IOTA, which we've aptly titled, The Revolution No One Really Understands.
0: Uh, according to their website, which is you can find at iota.org, IOTA enables companies to explore new business-to-business models by making every technological resource a potential service to be traded on an open market in real time with no fees.
1: The reason it's called IOTA is because IOT stands for Internet of Things. So how does that work, Joe?
0: So the whole idea behind it is they want – IOTA want to capitalize on this everything-as-a-service idea. So on their website, they've written, while the whole world has adopted the sharing economy in areas like driving and accommodation, so they're talking Uber and Airbnb, so, you know, know, the, the way that those systems work, IOTA enables a whole new realm where anything with the chip in it can be leased in real time. Most of our belongings stay idle for the vast majority of the time that we possess ownership of it. But through IOTA, a lot of these things like appliances, tools, drones, e-bikes, etc. and resources such as computer storage, computational power, Wi-Fi bandwidth, etc. can be turned into leasing services effortlessly. And then it says the vast majority of use cases has not even been thought of yet.
1: Yeah, so essentially what they're doing is they're saying that we are going to plug a whole bunch of Internet of Things devices into this network, Mm. and we're going to use those devices to essentially host the network without anyone even really realising that Mm. they're doing it. And and I've heard the creator talk about this before. He said that what they're planning on doing is eventually building this capability into every microchip. Wow. So anything that has a connection to the internet um, can... Host part of the IOTA tangle. And wow. if you, and, and then, and you know, already you can connect your, the new fridges, you can connect toasters and all sorts mm-hmm. of things to the internet. Why you would want it connected to the internet, I'm not entirely sure, but they're building functionality into that stuff mm. slowly to do updates and whatever else. But imagine that if you, for every household, you had like even just one Internet of Things enabled device, that's potentially you know, three, four billion devices that could be securing Mm. the network and it would be incredibly low energy because it would be using stuff that's already in existence and it would mean that to hack the network, you would have to get another four billion devices Mm. or the equivalent power of those devices Mm. to even think of tackling the Mm. network. IOTA is essentially a blockless distributed ledger. So, unlike literally every other currency out there in the cryptocurrency space, Mm -hmm. IOTA isn't technically on a blockchain. And what it actually is built upon is something called a Tangle. Uh, And this is what enables... Zero fees.
0: So that's the second key point of IOTA mm. is that it has zero fees. According to their white paper, they say that the main idea of the Tangle is the following. To issue a transaction, users must work to approve other transactions. Therefore, users who issue a transaction are contributing to the network security.
1: Yeah, so essentially with the IOTA Tangle, mm. the idea is that every transaction will also approve two other transactions. So right. you've kind of got to picture these, this big blob, which is made up of a whole bunch of little points, mm-hmm. which is a transaction, each point, mm-hmm. and then it's connected to two other points. Right. And it's, it's validating those points uh. as those points validate other points. And it just kind of moves out into this tangle.
0: It's a really exciting concept because zero fees totally change the game as far as cryptocurrency is concerned mm. it means that microtransactions are way more way more feasible than they would be because i mean if you're if i'm sending you 3 US dollars in bitcoin mm. i have to spend another 4 US dollars in transaction fees That's right. so it's not really feasible to do microtransactions
1: no like especially with bitcoin there comes there's like a minimum point where you want to be spending otherwise it's mm. it just is not worth mm. it financially at all um, and if you build a system on it, the system's just not going to work. It's going to shut down, and that's really the the thing that Iot is taking an aim at.
0: So through this tangle, what is really interesting is that you can actually transfer data, and um, you can also transfer messaging through this tangle system. <clears throat> Meaning you could send an encrypted message via this via this um, system, but it also could potentially enable some form of smart contracts or some mm. way of passing through code data possibly via this tangle because mm. i mean if you can pass data through that means that you could make different um, programs work together Mm. via this Tangle, which is a really interesting idea. Um, And it also allows for voting and e-governance, which it seems to be a trend with a lot of these coins, but it's it's more and more important that these coins are actually putting the power in the hands of the users rather than the people who built the currencies. Mm. So another thing it
1: does is it makes this Tangle more resistant to quantum computer attacks. Now, in this computing space, one of the biggest... Threat. So yep. One of the biggest things people are really worried mm. about is the power of what's called quantum computers. Mm. And these are computers that don't operate on traditional principles. They operate on a quantum level, okay? which we're only just really beginning to understand. Mm. But what a quantum computer would be able to do is, for example, just to give you some, some idea of the power of these potential computers, is that it would be able to mine around 17 billion times more efficiently than a classical computer on the Bitcoin blockchain.
0: Which is a sea change. Which is
1: ridiculous. Like, the, the amount of computational power is orders of magnitude more than a
0: normal computer. I mean, when you read about it in the news, I mean, like, people are saying that the first country to have a full working quantum computer will dominate the world. Because with a quantum computer, everything is just unlockable in front of you. I mean, your enemy's secrets are just unlockable. Mm. So it's a very dangerous sort of time, but it's a big threat to cryptocurrencies as well because all it needs is one Google or IBM employee or even a US Department of Defense employee mm. who knows their way around one of these confusing machines. Mm. It could actually potentially make themselves hundreds and millions, if not billions, by trying to either mine or even just crack these systems.
1: Yeah, because essentially, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the encryption and your private keys are protected by encryption. Mm-hmm. And that's how you sign your transactions on the public blockchain. And if someone can crack that or reverse engineer that, which is possible with these quantum computers, and that's what people are really worried about, mm. then all of a sudden it's a public ledger. Like you have accessibility to literally everything. And mm. if someone, for example, cracked the Bitcoin network right now.
0: You could just move every, every piece of money from every wallet. You could. Elsewhere. You wouldn't
1: even need to attack the network with a, like a 51% attack. Mm. you just send it all to a different account. And that'd be it. I mean, obviously, there'd be some arguments that that would make it completely worthless.
0: I may have just wet myself slightly.
1: It, it's something that really needs thinking about. And that's yeah. what I is, is saying. They're saying, well, we've actually come up with a, a method that might even be better hmm. through the tangle.
0: So they've said in their, uh, in their white paper that um, by limiting the transaction weight, so that's the part of the transaction that makes the validation, that apparently gives the Tangle much more protection against an adversary with a quantum computer when compared to the Bitcoin blockchain. So they're not saying they're going to be totally quantum proof, but they're saying it's going to be much harder to attack something like the Tangle than on IOTA than it would to attack Bitcoin. Are there? There's some other cryptocurrencies that are looking at quantum resistance. Sort of yeah, ideas.
1: there's there's a few other ones. There's um, Quantum Resistant Ledger, which is a project that's looking at doing it. They're still working out their technology, right, so it's, right. they're more saying we're researching this, and our eventual goal is that we will be quantum resistant. There's another one called Quantum, right? Uh, which I believe are doing something similar. So there's a few people saying, right. "Yeah, look, we're aware of this. We know that this is coming in the future." And we're actively trying to deal with it now. And yeah, like you just think of it, the effect that a breach on one of these big blockchains could have could be catastrophic. There's so much value stored up in this right now. I mean, in a few years' time, there's going to be even more value stored up in all this stuff. All it would take would be one big security vulnerability with no real fix. Like if the system itself was not resistant to quantum computing, it could mean the whole thing goes kaput. Curtains, big. curtains yeah. for us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it is a really big topic and it's something that does have a lot of people worried. So
0: So how big is IOTA on the grand scheme of things? It's actually it's got a market cap of around 1.6 billion US dollars at the moment, which does sound like quite a bit. Relative to all cryptocurrencies, it's quite a small amount. Um And you can currently get an an iota at around 60 cents each in US dollars. Yeah, so it's it's one worth looking at because a free, like with zero transactions, that has a huge potential, Mm. especially for like micro transactions, whether it's in computer, in little mobile phone games or Mm. wherever else it might be. It has a really, really interesting idea free transactions. I love that.
1: Yeah, and, and look, the idea that they're going to be able to plug it into almost any device. And then, if they can make something that's that's relevant for pretty much anyone with a device, be possible that everything will run on the iota network eventually.
0: Mm. So something really to look at. Uh, hot on the heels of several large sponsored ICOs and a and a prominent figure in the blockchain community, literally marketing a subscription which costs several thousand US dollars a year to his newsletter as a. Bitcoin giveaway, he calls it. It's time we checked in with our ICO source, Dan Dan, the ICO man, for his latest hot take. Let's give him a buzz. Hey, Dan, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here, Joe.
0: Uh, so, so um, yeah, how, how are you doing? What's, what's, what's been going on?
1: Well, have I got an incredible deal for you today, Joe. I've teamed up with some friends of mine that are working on something incredible, something sublime, something that has never been attempted before, Joe. I'm getting hot under the collar, hot under the collar so much I'm dripping sweat. Someone get me some deodorant, Joe.
0: Wow, this is exciting. So, so what do you have for us today, Dan?
1: Well, Joe, I have a once-in-a-lifetime, never-to-be-repeated offer. This is the top dog of the ICO world, the creme de la creme of the token traders, the big business. These guys are decentralizing, automizing, and categorizing all in one, Joe. They call it Mystique.
0: Mystique.
1: Yes, that's right, Joe. Mystique. Remember that name because it will be up in lights everywhere you look, Joe. NASDAQ, Dow Jones, Mystique. Close your eyes and think of it. Whisper it to yourself at night. The biggest thing since Enron and the invention of the pyramid scheme is here right now, Joe. Uh, what is it? It's a brand new platform, Joe. The everything platform. You think Ethereum was ambitious? Ha! This is bigger. Think Tezos promised a lot and charged you even more? (laughs) Ha ha ha! These guys are about to create so much hype. Even Jamie Dimon will be opening his wallet and throwing money in his monitor, Joe.
0: Wow, okay, so what will it do?
1: Didn't you hear, Joe? Revolution. No time for details. Right now, Mystique are offering a 50% off pre-sale. Get in now. It's cheap as chalk, Joe. You only have to give a minimum of 20 Bitcoin, Joe. 20 Bitcoin. They're guaranteeing at least three times your investment, and you can take that to the bank, Joe. The Bitcoin bank on the blockchain. Right here, Joe.
0: Wow, sounds like a guarantee you can't beat then, Dan.
1: Beat, no one beats Dan Dan, the ICO man, Joe. Get your subscribers in quick. Gotta run, Joe. Mystique, get in.
0: Well, that seems to have been uh, Dan, the ICO man.
1: Look, he's nothing if not excited.
0: He's got a real energy to him. Some people just have boundless energy. They can get knocked down a thousand times, lose all their money twice, go bankrupt and sell your house, but... They've still got that energy That's
1: right, but there is a reason that we're not linking anything down Dan, the ICO men's Brooks in the show notes.
0: Isn't no, there? we won't we'll keep our subscribers safe from that. So now heading back to our crypto basics section. Um, so this week we're talking about altcoins. Um, what are they, why are they important, and why sh- and shouldn't I just buy Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, so we've talked about altcoins a lot on the show in previous episodes, but we haven't really taken the time to go through exactly what they are and why they're important. So we thought now would be a good time to really explain what this whole concept of altcoins is uh, and how they fit into the ecosystem and why you probably shouldn't listen to the Bitcoin maximalists who say Bitcoin is the only thing to buy and there's Mm -hmm. nothing else that's really
0: relevant. So the term altcoin came up when... Other cryptocurrencies starting to spring up, just breaking the Bitcoin dominance back um, back in the day. And now, while Bitcoin has always been the dominant currency, over time, people have looked at Bitcoin and they've just seen that things can be done better.
1: Originally, people would just take the code from Bitcoin, they'd copy it, and then they'd start their own blockchain. And it was really just many people's programming projects. But soon, some of those projects grew. People started to create their own communities. People mm. said, oh, I want to be involved as well. I like this. And things started to really take off, and these mm. coins started to become quite relevant.
0: Now, early on, it was driven by a lot of people who just wanted new things to mine. I mean, back, back then, it was much easier to mine cryptocurrency on your own computer. Um, why isn't it so easy now? Oh, <laughs> regret. But yeah, it, back in the day, it was because I say back in the day, a couple of years ago, it was just because people wanted new things to mine. But as the exchanges took off, people began to trade.
1: So most currency innovation really now comes from altcoins. And you've got to ask yourself, well, what is an altcoin then? So usually an altcoin needs its own blockchain, right. first of all. That's the really important thing. It needs to have its own blockchain. Right. So tokens, you can't really class them as altcoins. You, you more put them in their secret separate um, category of tokens right, or yeah. ICOs mm. or securities. Um, altcoins usually have their own team. Uh, that team is actively working on improving the blockchain and they usually have a point of difference. There are a lot of clones out there or other versions of the same thing, but obviously the altcoins we pay the most attention to are the ones that have an active team and have something that they're doing that's quite different Mm -hmm. and they're not really copying anyone else.
0: So, why why are altcoins important then?
1: Yeah, so just like we have a number of fiat currencies, the crypto space has a number of cryptocurrencies. So, altcoins give you the choice and they have different use cases. For example, Bitcoin, its use case is that it's a distributed ledger so everyone can see all the transactions. But what if, say, I wanted to keep my transactions private What if I didn't want people knowing where I was sending my money, and if they figured out my private key, Mm. what I could do with it? Well, there's altcoins for that.
0: Mm. So you've got um, Monero, you've got PIVX, you've got Zedcoin, and these are all privacy focused altcoins mm. so they all use different ways of cloaking your address um, some of those ways almost overlap between them but they're their own sort of in unique projects at the moment and while they're still allowing the blockchain to validate your transactions they do they all do it in different ways um different pluses and minus so just take us through one of those
1: yeah so for example pivx which we've made no secret is one of our um our favorite coins So, PIVX is a proof-of-stake coin. Um, What that means is that you get rewards simply for having it and having your wallet open to the network. Now, that's quite unique because most privacy coins are mineable coins. So, they're proof-of-work coins. So, they use the, the work that someone puts in into hashing things to secure the network and to dole out rewards. And PivEx actually said quite early on, they put their flag in the ground and they said, We're going to take the Zero Coin protocol, which is a privacy focused protocol that only works with proof of work coins. They said, We're going to take that and we're going to put it on the proof of stake network. And a lot of people said, No, nah, no, it can't be done. You can't do it. You can't have a masternode coin, which is what PivEx is. is a big goal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a massive goal. You can't have masternode, proof of stake, and Zero Coin. It's just not going to work. Um, well, they did it, didn't they? They did it. Yeah, there's there's a, still a couple of little teething <laughs> issues, but they're pretty much there. I mean, I'm mm. in, in my PIVX wallet now, I've got 10% of my PIVX is now uh, ZPIV, right. which is a zero coin. Nice. And it just, it just turns it, it essentially rinses it. And it, what it means is that you can make transactions on the network that are validated by the blockchain. So the blockchain knows mm. that they're real. It doesn't let you double spend, but people can't just go and look up that transaction and say oh well there was money coming from here 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 and here and here which is quite useful because mm. it's it's similar to how we pay for things in cash now, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to
0: I don't think anyone should have to defend their right to privacy that's in right. a transaction yeah that's what that's it seems wrong. like yeah
1: it's just it's about being able to spend your money where you want mm. and not have to feel like someone's watching you while you spend it.
0: And then you've got um, different coins, as we were mentioning earlier, you know, ones that are looking at quantum resistance as a point of difference. So there you've got IOTA, quantum resistant ledger, and you've got Qtum. And they're all looking at the future. Um, They're trying to go for the sort of, as we were saying earlier, making it the blockchain resistant to hacking from quantum computers. And then you've got platform coins. So what do we mean by platform coins?
1: Yeah, so... Platform coins are essentially blockchains that come with a platform. So, the currency normally just forms one part. The coin normally just forms one part of the overall architecture. Right. So, what they normally do is they expand the utility of that blockchain. So, you've got things, for example, like Swarm City, Ethereum, uh, Waves, which we've mentioned quite a bit on the podcast. Mm. Um, and they all have separate elements to them. So, for example, Ethereum has smart contracts. Uh, Waves has the ability to spin off tokens and Swarm City are looking at creating decentralized marketplaces and systems that all transact with the Swarm City token. Mm. So what altcoins really do is they give you currency choice. So remember, we talk about investment a lot but the biggest thing you can do with a currency is spend it. Yes, you can put it in the bank but that currency really has no value unless it's spendable and you can transact in it.
0: Hmm. Now, while Bitcoin is clunky and it's hard to spend in smaller amounts because the transaction fees are huge, uh, other altcoins are focused on doing everything a little bit better. Is it because they're smaller, they need to work harder?
1: Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's, they're trying to differentiate themselves. It's yeah. it's kind of like if you've got an uh, established university that's you know the well-known name in in a whole bunch of different degrees and then you have a couple of other upstart universities that... Uh, want to make their name and want to be taken seriously they've got to work harder you know mm. they've got to they've got to oversell they've got to want to attract people and make mm. them want to come to them and that's kind of like a lot of these altcoins they they're essentially saying well yeah you could use bitcoin but you could get all these extra things if you come and come onto our blockchain
0: <laughs> it's like a guy with a trench coat and he's just so altcoins can all they're, they're great to invest in as well. They you know, they're new projects that are taking off all the time. You know, as opposed to all these ICO tokens, altcoins even the bad ones have an instant use case being an exchange of value. And you know, the, often they can be sleepers. So, mm. you know, you you can you can find these uh, what's an example of a sort of a sleeper?
1: So for example, a few months ago when i when i was looking at some new coins to invest in i found this coin called rain okay oh uh, yeah 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 and this is a really interesting story it's a it's a sad tale of for the kids. Of, of highs and lows of of losses and and woe and tears and great laughter moments and you know, it has it has everything but this rain coin was essentially a very low market cap coin and for all intents and purposes it was just a spin off of uh, a mining algorithm, right? But their point of difference was that they were offering really high staking rewards. So they were saying that we've had this, they had this mining period, so everyone was able to mine. They had mm-hmm. no pre-mine, which was really nice. And then at the end of that mining period, they said, "Now we are uh, going to open this up to proof of stake, and the rewards were huge." So I got about ten thousand of this rain, really cheap, and then within a week, I had almost eleven thousand um it was really really high yeah. like like i'm i'm talking like that's what 10% a week you know um and that's just, that was just from staking the coin so i thought oh mm-hmm. this is great this is good fun like and it, it just it was just a bit of a muck around project for me but it was a point of difference and then a whole bunch of people started to get interested in it so the price mm-hmm. just went up and up and up as more people heard about this and so all of a sudden it went from being a fun little project as more money flooded in, the coins were worth more and people started to learn, hey, I can get like 10% more of this coin per week mm. and then sell them back on the market. Mm. Or So, the value inflated on that excitement and like even at its height, it was still a very low market cap coin, but it got a fair bit of investment in it just because of that one point of difference. And then it crashed and most of the value went out of it and I didn't sell any of it. So, so look, what I've learned through looking at a lot of these coins and investing in some of them is that the the best bet for me is normally to look, at, look for new or even um, somewhat older low market cap coins with a point of difference and a good team behind them. Even this rain coin, it did have active development. So these coins are normally sleepers. So once they ramp up, more people normally buy in as people start to see the value in whatever altcoin it is.
0: So proof of stake or uh, airdrop coins, which reward people over time for holding, are, re- are particularly good to look at. But, you know, we would say don't invest in something you don't think has any use or potential. Because um, a lot of people are trading and speculating mm. and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, uh, unless you're good with trading, you know, but even then, a lot of tra- a lot of these traders who are out there uh, tweeting and all this, that and the other, they're just not making money. Mm. Some people really are, but... Yeah. We don't recommend just trading on it because you often can't see what's going on in the market.
1: Yeah, and look, I think speculating too, uh, while it has its place for some people, it robs you of a lot of the the fun and the real value in investing in this stuff. Because what I normally find is when I invest in something, if I do some research and I see that they've got a good team and that there's some potential in their project... When I buy in, that's like an active step of me saying, I actually kind of believe in this and Mm. and I want to see it do better. And normally, I'll be a little bit more active on Slack. I'll uh, make some suggestions. And that's where I think a lot of the value is because you really get to experience how these blockchain projects are built. You get to Mm. see what goes into them because most Mm. of them are done open source. And yeah, I think it's it's just better overall. Um, it obviously depends what your motivations are, but so
0: you're saying that there are these diamonds in the rough out there, and you just got to have a look for them.
1: Yeah, they're out there, and I think they're the ones that need our support. You know, the big guys they have already made it, but mm. there's some really good teams out there that are trying mm. to do some really good stuff,
0: mm. and. Yeah. So what are some of the sort of indicators in a in an altcoin that you like the look of? What are those sort of indicators that you're looking for?
1: Yeah, so I normally look for uh, an active team. So what you want to normally do is log into the GitHub profile for that coin and you mm-hmm. can check how many commits they've had, mm-hmm. how often they update, who's working on the coin. Uh, and you can also garner that from their Slack channel or a lot of them are moving to Discord now and that's that's kind of their community. So mm-hmm. if you go to their forums or their Slack, you can see how active it is. See how many people are there. See what the community's like. Are people mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. each other? Is there a development channel? Are people talking on that? There's normally a roadmap. If there's not, um, that's, <laughs> that raises some alarm bells pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but look at the roadmap. See where they're going. See if you think it's something that's,
0: that's <laughs> achievable. Imagine <laughs> asking to just chuck the map out the window. We don't yeah. need those things, uh,
1: there's, You can also look for a white paper. Look, it's not essential. It's good to have uh, mm-hmm. some projects i've seen just build a white paper just to have a white paper and yeah. it's not that good whereas some others they wait to build their white paper and it turns out to be really good so that's some of the indicators you can look for um use these tools we've been recommending mm. too so look at BitScreener, look at, on- at on-chain effects look at a few of the different tools we've been talking about because that'll let you get across where these coins are at too
0: Interestingly, we will have a tools section on our website soon where we will compile all the different tools that we're coming across, testing out, and Mm. the ones that we recommend. We're going to have that on our website, so you can look forward to that soon. So you're saying I shouldn't just buy Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, Look, the Bitcoin price at the moment, I believe, is quite significantly speculation. Mm -hmm. Um, There's obviously people that believe in the project, but... It's still worth buying if you want, but I think alts, altcoins are where the real innovation is. You're able to pay with a number of alt, altcoins in many places now. For example, here in Australia, we've got Living Room of Satoshi, which mm-hmm, we talk mm-hmm. about quite a bit. You can pay with PIVX or Dash or Ethereum or Bitcoin Cash or Steam, which is the currency of Steam that we talked about earlier. Monero, Litecoin, Zcash.
0: So they're all way. They're, these are way better to initiate your mates than Bitcoin because you want to show them something in action. That's what I found. Is I mean, even just the other day, had some dude around at my house. Never had cryptocurrency in his life. So I said, just install the Jacks wallet on your phone, open that up, add add in the currencies. I picked a bunch of currencies for him to put into his wallet, and then I just sent him a thousand Doge. Mm. Now. You can't sell, you can't, and and I sent that to him and it was you know, 20 seconds and his wallet updated. You couldn't do that with Bitcoin. I mean, no, you, 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 you you want to send someone to Bitcoin, but it takes so long to get to them. You can't just prove this is why cryptocurrencies are great if it takes me half an hour to get it to you.
1: Yeah, and when they get it, they say, well, hang on, there's $4 worth missing. Where's that going? Mm -hmm. Transaction fee? Oh, sorry, that's a transaction fee. Mm. But weren't you just telling me this is better than the banks? Yeah, not Mm. so
0: fast. Mm. So Bitcoin is a very good way of putting people off cryptocurrency if it's the first crypto you give them. (laughs) And that's what these alts really have that gives them a chance to shine. I mean, PIVX, for example, with such a rapid... block time you could say with such a rapid confirmation time i can just click send and you get it and you're just like wow crypto is amazing i've never you couldn't even hand me cash that fast Mm. like you couldn't hand me the number of notes that i just paid you it's just not possible
1: yeah and and when we're talking about adoption i mean that's where the fun really is you know like that's where we're trying to see this thing going eventually Mm -hmm. you know we're trying to see it where you can be in a different city Mm. Or a different country and I can send you a message on some decentralized messaging app and say, mate, I just need a bit of money. Can you send me some crypto? Yeah, mate, no worries. Here it is. Five seconds later, I've got Mm. it and I can pay for whatever Mm. I'm trying to pay for. You know, like that's the future. Mm. And alts allow you to do that really, really, really well, really quick and with a lot less transaction speeds. And that's where we need to be. We need to be actively out there using this currency and, you know, not, not just holding it, but but using it in practical situations and showing it to people and saying, hey, install this on your phone. Mm. And I'll send you some right mm. now because that, that's when the lights go on.
0: So altcoins is where all the massive growth is now. Because, yeah. you know, there's, not, there's only so much. That, I mean, if the Bitcoin price, yeah, if, if the number of people in, like if the Bitcoin price doubles, it's going to take a long, it's not going to be overnight when it doubles, the, mm. big, the price of Bitcoin doubles. But, you know, a lot of these altcoins are much smaller and they're much more volatile and they won't be forever. But it's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's exciting and you can if you invest in ones you actually like the look of, you can feel like you're actually contributing. You know, mm-hmm. because if enough people mm-hmm. you know get that ball rolling and people see, wow, that's that's shot up hundred percent. I'm gonna check that out and they see these guys have it together, they're a good team, mm-hmm. they've got a real use case. You know, you can contribute that way, there's other ways you contribute as well, but they're a real adventure. Altcoins. Mm. That's what I love about mm. it. Like, you know every day, you're finding out about a new altcoin, and it's like, oh, what's this one doing? And mm. They're doing something new. And there's a bunch of different ways you can fit in. You know, if you want to mine more, you can start on a few altcoins where you actually get regular rewards. If you want to stake, uh, like a lot of the coins I like, um, there's a bunch of altcoins out there which you can stake on a little computer, like a Raspberry Pi or something, mm. and you can get rewards for them. You know, if you want to trade. You can research altcoins and invest small amounts in each. Uh, that's quite good fun. We do a fair bit of that ourselves. It's, you know, it's a bit of a laugh. It's, yeah, it's good fun. And, and especially when you start doing them exchanges mm. and even like coding, you mm. know, if you want to get involved in coding crypto and and make that something you can do, many of these altcoins are open source. So if mm. you put your hand up, it's likely that, you know, they'll be more than happy to let you help.
0: Yeah. If you make your contribution, say like this could work, mm. see what happens. Yeah. And yeah, I think the real important thing that you said was using really cool tools such as um, BitScreener to be able to hone down that massive list of altcoins and actually find one or two that have all the sort of, not the features, but the indicators that look good to you. So if you're looking for a small coin, you can find that on BitScreener. And it will just cut the list down slowly. A small coin that's, you know, less than 50 mil market cap been there more than two years. That's the sort of thing that we want to look at. Mm. So a bit screener, if you're using that in tandem with these, you know, trying to find altcoins, trying to find things to invest in.
1: Because we've got that blurb there too. I mean, that is really mm. helpful. You know? That is, know, Because you, yeah. you can get like a snapshot of the project Right there on the screen, like you know, you can get your shortlist and see. Well, mm. yeah, you know, I don't, don't reckon that one to be that great. But
0: so there are not many other sites that actually put a shortlist. It, all of the types of things that you want to look at mm. with detail and a chart and a paragraph saying what it's about. Mm. Bitstream is a I real I'd winner. I wish I would found
1: this sooner. To be honest, right. like, this is this is great.
0: So we've already featured a few on the show over the last over the last few episodes, and we'll keep doing it. Now, over time, we're going to start adding these bits onto our site so that you'd be able to sort of see which ones we've talked about, see which ones we're, we're saying are, are, are interesting, which ones we like the look of. And yeah, if you want to know more, jump on our um, Slack, which is our sort of online um, messaging system that you can find at com. Because alts is something that we discuss quite a bit.
1: Awesome. Well mate that's that's pretty much the end of the, the show for us. If you know someone that who might enjoy listening to the show, please feel free to share this
0: with your friends. You can find us at FOMO.show. Uh the website's starting to sh- take shape. We've got a start here page, which is where you start. We've got our we're going to have our buy crypto page, which you can find at slash uh, 101
1: Why should people come to our buy crypto page?
0: Well, why not, really? There's not much else going on, is there? And it's not like you could be on Reddit or the internet or having fun? No. Um, The point is, if you've never purchased cryptocurrency before, if you've never got your hands on it and you'd just love to give it a go, or if you've got someone who you'd love to give a guide in how they can get into cryptocurrency, just send them to FOMO.show slash 101.
1: Yeah, we've done our best to try and make it as easy and accessible and simple as possible, simply to get people initiated, mm. to take that first step into the crypto world, get into Bitcoin, which is a gateway to everything else, and then we're going to be building that out. Mm. Uh, we're going to start trying to cipher them off into the altcoins, which we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We're going to start trying to point people towards projects and you know, securing their wallets, securing their crypto in an actual wallet as opposed to a multi-currency wallet mm. and all that kind of stuff. But... The goal with this is to essentially be a jumping off page that we can continuously expand and improve.
0: Yeah, so keep an eye on that. Uh, You can jump on our Slack to ask us any questions at FOMOshow.slack.com.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore FOMO underscore show.
0: Do send us tweets. And uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the fomo show.
1: We're also going to have a YouTube channel soon. Hopefully, it'll be up around the time this podcast airs. But we will put that in the show notes as well.
0: Cool beans. And yeah, that's that's it for us at, at The Firmisher. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. And as always, remember, no fun.
0: Welcome to Mock the Week. <laughs> I'm Darryl Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. How's it going? <laughs> you hobbits have been smoking too much of that pipe weed. I'll go to Rivendell. <laughs> right, that's the end of this podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll just we'll just leave <laughs> leave that one there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Matt. No, you're not, mate. I'm Matt, and I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Joe. You what, mate? Got me banged to rights. (laughs) Fantastic. Do you want some fish and chips? (laughs) How very dare you. I would. I'd love some. Welcome back to Two Rusty
0: Nows, a room full of dogs. We're back. You are listening to the audio edition of the Journal of Applied Humanities. Mm. This week we're talking about trans... Humanism. Humanism. And its effect on the moral compass. And this week we'll be talking about... Buttons. Buttons, yes. The history,
1: the psychology and the science behind the rise, the fall and the re-rise of the button industry.
0: But first we are looking at the epistemology of a button. Yes, it's, a, it's an
1: incredibly fascinating topic, the epistemology of the buttons. Um, you would be forgiven in thinking that the simple button simply came about as an invention, but its religious significance has been often understated by many experts in the field. Joe will fill you in on the details.
0: Two chaps and two microphones making a podcast about uh, some form of digital... digital... digital
1: somethings? Well, yes, it's all really, when you come down to it, it's ones and zeros, isn't it? Like, that's... that's really where it all... It all ends up, isn't
0: it? Well, it's... we are all really one at the end of the day, and one is all, and all is one, That's and right. one for all, and we're all musketeers. What on earth is going on in this podcast? You're supposed to be talking about cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies? Instead, you're making some kind of nonsense about buttons. I, I don't remember anything about buttons at all. Ah, bloody day. <laughs> ah, quel dommage, hein? Les personnes anglaises. Ah, oh, sacre bleu! Australian, Monsieur uh, le Podcast Internet. Uh, uh, maintenant uh, les des ICO uh, De La Cima. Well, hey there, little
1: fellow Do you want some old coins? I've
0: I've
1: got privacy
0: I've got quantum resistance. So I can't say I the next to, anyone listen to this. It's so true. How, it's do like, we have like... how did even fifty people manage to listen to this consistently? I don't know how you guys do it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> You've gone too far.